I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So I'm going to do something now that I haven't done in a long time. I'm going to call Collie to record an episode of The Critter Shed. If I remember how. Hello, who's this? Collie Ennis. It's Colette. Remember me? I remember you from many moons ago. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, what a world we've moved into since the last time we saw each other. Yeah, it's been quite the journey this summer, hasn't it? Jeez, (laughs) crazy. You got COVID. I got a new hip. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) We've been through the the grinder, the pair of us. So how are you feeling? I'm good. I'm on one crutch, so I'm hobbling around the place, and um, yeah, it's grand. Brilliant. Coming up to number two. So uh, I got through the COVID, okay. So that's another thing off the bucket list. I had a good summer critter-wise as well, though. Apart from all the sickness and disease and the end of the world, <laughs> I picked up a couple of really cool little uh, critters from my pal's pet shop in town. Shauna's Pets, a really good ethical pet shop in Dublin city centre. Yeah. And there are these two cute little um, amphibians called Spanish ribbed newts. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. I have not. I haven't heard the word ribbed ever in conjunction with newts, it has to be said. (laughs) Usually it's ribbed for your pleasure. (laughs) That's a terrible thing to say. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but it was there. Yeah. It was an open door. <laughs> it was open. Yeah, you can't leave these opportunities for me. Um, yeah, so they're, they're actually quite a big species of nearly fully aquatic uh, salamander newt from the uh, the Iberian Peninsula down around that area, and they're really really chunky and big. They some of them will get up to like. 10, 12 inches in the wild, so they're very very large newts. Wow! And they have to, they have this cool trick, whereas. If a predator grabs them, a bird or a fox or whatever, was to snatch them out of the water, they have these like bumps along their rib cage at the side of their body yeah. as, as you go along. And their ribs will actually protrude through those openings and stab the predator in the mouth or, or, oh my or God. in the claw or whatever it's holding. And that's a real kind of crude, rudimentary form of envenomation. Wow. So they're actually jabbing the toxins that are on their skin into the animal that's trying to kill them. Right. And hopefully getting away. And they have such regenerative, you know, they're, they'll heal up so quickly. They're kind of like Wolverine, really. Yeah. And the holes that the ribs pierced will actually um, fix themselves really quickly. So that got me thinking. I was like, my God, I like I haven't kept them since I was a kid. Yeah. 
and you know you kind of brush up on your husbandry before you take on anything obviously that's what we always encourage yeah and as I was reading that about them I was like yeah I remember they could do that and I was thinking to myself wouldn't it be good to do a Critter Shed episode on oddly toxic animals <laughs> so I think that's what we're going to be talking about today So before we jump into the oddly toxic animals, what exactly is the difference between venom and poison? Well, that's a that's a fantastic question, and it's one of those things that you'll find a lot of academics and people who work in the field will be screaming, "That's not venomous!" Like when people say it's a poisonous snake, you know, it's a venomous snake because yeah. the difference is just to 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 clarify, venom is injected. I'm gonna put it into simplest terms it's it's a it's injected into a prey item or into a predator by some kind of a syringe or some kind of a a, a method where the the animal is in you know using a stinger a, a fang it's putting its toxins into you by that kind of delivery method right so it's biting stinging you that's envenomation that's venom yeah Poison is when you're holding, biting, touching an animal or a plant and it's defending itself using a toxin. That's the difference. It's a difference in kind of a delivery system. Um, so poison is ingesting and venom is where it's delivered into your system via a sting, a bite or rib in the case of the newts. Yeah, that's a very simplified an easy way to remember the difference between them. So you'll never, you'll never have a venomous mushroom. You won't have a poisonous snake. You'll have the opposite. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Great. So oddly. Oddly toxic animals. Yeah. I'm going to go through four or five of them. And see what you th- see what you're making them. All right. Yeah. So I was going to start off with something that looks kind of like, uh, will be around about the same size of a, of a, of blue tit or um, a blackboard in your garden in between that kind of size. And it actually is a board and it's called a blue capped ifrit. It's from Papua New Guinea and it does a really cool trick. There's certain species of beetles that live out in the, yeah. the rainforests that are very, very toxic, again, to defend themselves. But a couple of animals have evolved to eat these beetles, this specific type of beetle, and absorb their toxins and bring them into their body. Now, we've talked about... Uh, poison dart frogs before on, on the podcast and what they do is basically they they munch on these toxic invertebrates these beetles and ants they absorb them and the toxin runs through they don't produce the toxin themselves it just runs through their system and floods their system and they become highly toxic from from their diet wow uh, very clever yeah very clever and you kind of you you don't really get i don't know it seems kind of okay for a frog to be able to do that in my mind it's not weird but <laughs> you never think anything frogs do is weird <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true this blue capped ifrit is a bird that does the exact same thing and it's so toxic that its feathers its beak is every, every part of it becomes emboldened with this toxic substance that it gets from the beetles it's eaten and it's exactly like the the, the, the poison dart frogs we were talking about wow even if, if you, as a human, if you were to handle the board gently, you will get 
numbness, you'll start sneezing, you'll get tingles. It's really, really cool. It's one of those strange kind of uh, strange kind of things. And I can always pay, uh, like how somebody discovered this. Some probably, and it's usually in my mind, a British gentleman <laughs> in the Dickety, 18 Dickety's going over there, catch, capturing stuff for the Natural History Museum. And he picks up this lovely board and next minute he starts puking his hole up and he's just like, what's going on? <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's one of those crazy things. I have that picture in my mind right now. <laughs> yeah, you can imagine, you can imagine. Imagine. The shorts and the cap. But there's only three species of bird that we know of that do this and they're all in Papua New Guinea. So, yeah, I thought that was a really very interesting and very, very cool little. Uh, so what color? Remind me what color the bird is. Does it scream to other predators? Don't come near me because I'm toxic. No, it wouldn't because the the, the sexual dimorphism between the, the, the males and the females and the males are kind of a darker color. But they have a, a distinctive blue ring around their head. But you're talking about Papua New Guinea and you have like some very colourful and attractive birds that live in these areas. So they wouldn't be outstandingly. Right. They're not going around like when you see a poison dart frog, you think that's a very odd looking frog. It might as well have a neon sign flashing over its head saying, mm. you know, poison because it's just so bright. Yeah. And stands out so much. But these birds. Like to look at them from the pictures I've seen, you wouldn't think that they were anything odd considering where they're from. So, yeah, very strange. Poison by stealth or venom by stealth. Very much so. I'd say, though, any predators or local indigenous hunters would cop on fairly fast that they're not to be trifled with. Mm. Apart from the lads from the British Museum going over and getting sick. But (laughs) (laughs) I tell you, here's the next one. And this one definitely screams. Uh, stay away from me I don't know if you ever heard of this guy it's the blue ringed octopus I have and I have a picture in my head of what they look like and they're the most beautiful looking octopus I think they're quite small yes but the, the pictures that I've seen you have the animal which is a sort of a light background colour mm-hmm. but then uh, then you have these almost neon rings of blue dotted over its body and it's gorgeous looking it is beautiful Am I right? Yeah, it's about, and you're right, it, they only get about 20 centimetres in width, like in diameter. They're mm-hmm. they're very, very small, but they have this orange kind of foundation to their colour, basically an orange colour. But as you said, these blue rings that are on them are almost iridescent and neon and they're glowing. Mm. So I suppose to any predator that's trifled with them before, that's a sign to... <laughs> to avoid at all costs. Yeah. The problem with it is, I suppose, if you didn't know anybody, you'd think it's quite pretty and might go to pick it up. I'm sure that's the case with a, a lot of people who have gotten bitten by one of these creatures. And how do they deliver their their venom? They have a bite and they have enough toxic chemicals in them to kill 26 adult humans. Now, that's a lot of pack, wow. a punch to pack for like a, a creature that's, you know, 20 centimetres in size. Crikey. And it's a real nasty mix of toxins that they have as well. They kind of leave nerve connections open that should be closed. And basically that means that your your body goes into a deep paralysis and you'll wow. slowly suffocate to death, just stop breathing. Oh. And to make matters worse, people who get bitten sometimes don't even realise they're after getting bitten. And it, it can take, you know... Mm-hmm. Only minutes to get into like real trouble after getting bit like by one of these things. And if you don't notice it and you don't get help, you really are in a world of hurt because you need basically the only hope for for 
recovery from this particular creature biting you is to get on an artificial respirator and hope the toxins work their way out of your system. Jesus. Which is, you know, it's, it's, you have basically 24 hours. If you get over the first 24 hours, you should survive. But it is a very, um, scary kind of little creature to uh, bump across. It's it's not something you'd be seeing in SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Some hardcore SpongeBob fan is going to correct us on Twitter now. I bet you there has been an appearance by it. <laughs> but uh, yeah. The guy, and here's another scary thing when you think about this. You could get bitten by one of them and as the paralysis kicks in, you could be walking up the beach to try and get help if you're in the middle of nowhere. But as the paralysis kicks in, you'll collapse. But you're fully... Rec- People who have recovered have said they were fully aware of what was going on the whole time. Oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah, not pretty. That's like real Halloween scary stuff. That's that's the real thing, isn't it? The poor Australians really get it hard, don't they? They do. Yeah. I, I, I have another one here from Down Under, which you might find a bit uh, interesting because... Another oddly venomous creature. Yeah, oddly toxic, oddly venomous. So it's one of those ones that you look at and you think, Jesus, that's a cuddly little creature. Okay, it's not a koala, is it? No, no, but uh, it, it's it's quite an odd looking one. It has a, a duck for a face. It has a beaver's arse. It has, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it has duck feet. The body of... Uh, a, a prob- what would you say the body of a, of a mammal like a, an otter it lives in the water it hunts via electricity it's it's a it's the duck-billed platypus ah. it's one of those very strange animals what else did I list that, that's odd it lays eggs for a mammal that's pretty odd and it sleeps for 14 hours a day which you know it, not really that odd because I have a teenage daughter so that that is <laughs> fa- fairly standard for some mammals but during the breeding season, male platypus will develop venom. In a small spore on their hind leg, they will have this, this stabbing spore that they will use to actually fight with and stab under other males. And it has enough venom in it that it could actually kill other small or paralyze other small mammals like, like rival males. Wow. It doesn't have enough now to kill a human being, but it's a particular nasty type of venom that once it gets into you, people have recorded having pain for for 15, 20 years later. Jesus. It's just one of those things. It's one of those horrible gifts that keeps on giving. And to make matters worse, it doesn't react well to any uh, painkillers. Um, oh God! That we have, especially morphine, which will you know you you would generally use. Yeah. There was an ex an, an ex military guy in Australia called Keith Payne in 1991. Had very kindly tried to remove a platypus from a snare, a trap he had found, and he got a jab in it, and he described it layer as a wound that was worse than getting shrapnel which he had obviously experienced in his career oh my so, god yeah there you go and here's a great quote since we're talking about the uh <laughs> the british adventurers there's a there was a guy called william ebb spencer in 1876 
who was one of the first guys to record <laughs> a platypus in venomation. Uh, I'm going to do it in a nice accent here, okay? <laughs> the pain was intense and almost paralyzing, but for the administration of a small dose of brandy, I would have fainted on the spot. As it was, it was an hour before I could stand without support. By the time the arm was swollen to the shoulder and quite useless, and the pain in the hand was very severe. <laughs> so there you go. That poor chap was the first guy to get a blast of it. And again, imagine you're picking up something that's so furry and kind of harmless looking. Oh, wow. This is, this is going all sorts of places. I never expected it to go. Yeah. Will we go to another place now, an even weirder place. We'll go to one. I think, I think you, you might have heard something about these. So these are... We love snails in the Critter Shed. Obviously, I love my snails. We do. Big fans of snails. And, you know, again, you always think of snails as very, very innocuous, harmless little creatures. Mm. And when you're going down the beach and you're walking along and you see a, an attractive snail, what would you what would you generally do? Or a shell, you'd generally pick it up. I would. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely would. But you wouldn't want to pick up this particular type because <laughs> these guys are called cone snails. I don't know if you ever heard them, right? So I haven't, no. Cone snails are a aquatic snails that live specifically in the sea and there's a large family of them. And they have evolved that they're, they're, the mouth part that snails would usually use for scraping algae off, you know, the, the, the sea floor or rocks or, or, or eat your cabbages. Yeah. That tooth has developed into a spear, a, a kind of a jabbing spear uh. that um, it's like a needle-like modification that, it, that it's turned into and it shoots right out of the, the top of the shell. Wow. Where the, where, where the, the eyes of the the snail will come up if you can picture that in your head and these are beautiful decorative gorgeous shells they're the type of the things that you'd see on people's mantelpiece you know that kind of that kind of lovely looking mm. one yes yes they use it for hunting fish uh, other, other, and other aquatic life and, and because they're snails and they're under the sea and they're not going to be super fast. Their venom has to have a, a really, really toxic punch to kill something quickly. Has to work. Yeah, it has to work fast and, and get in there fast. And that's why they're really, really super venomous. They have thousands of different combinations of different toxins that they create uh, and, and use to kill prey. And all the species, all the separate species have different combinations of different toxins. So it's very, very hard to come up with anything that will counteract this uh, specific uh, uh, toxin from a specific species. Mm. There's been 15 death reco- deaths recorded from them. Wow. But then again, there's probably a lot of indigenous and local peoples who might have encountered one of these and then drowned. And then it might have been recorded as as, as something different, if, if that makes sense. Right. So they're very, very, um, again, lovely looking creatures but yeah. extremely dangerous and one of them is called the geography cone and it's also called the cigarette snail because the rumor is that if you get bitten by it you have the time to smoke a cigarette before you collapse and die wow isn't that crazy that's incredible something so innocuous so unexpected you have to have great respect though for um how creatures have evolved to defend themselves like a snail doesn't have a lot going on in, in the sense of you know being able to run away really fast or mm-hmm. claw you to death and yet evolution has allowed it to develop this incredibly scary but just awe-inspiring way of defending itself and of actually feeding itself 
and surviving. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. Mm. And they're actually a bit of a gift to us because some of the toxins that are in cone snails are, are being studied and used for research into new drugs for pain relief. One of them that's been developed, it, it, something beginning with Z that I can't pronounce, but <laughs> it's a very powerful painkiller and it's about a thousand times more effective than morphine. Wow. So that's very useful. They're also looking into potentials for relief and, and, and you know, even reversing Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, depression. Their toxins have had positive effects on people with epilepsy. Really? And even, believe it or not, helping people quit cigarettes, which is very ironic given that one of them only allows you to have a fag before you die. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's mental. But, uh, That's amazing. Yeah, it's very, very cool. Uh, um. The wonders of nature. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at UH1.com. That's UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I I have one more that we've talked about before. Yeah. And it's it's a bit controversial. Now we have talked about the Komodo dragon before. Ah. And how it's it's been recently described as the world's largest venomous creature. Remind us again what a Komodo dragon is. Right, so the Komodo dragon is a real-life dinosaur, would that be fair to say? Pretty much, when you look at it, yeah, you get you get that sense. A, a couple of metres in length, if not more. Mm. Very heavy set body, like a scaled-up monitor lizard. Mm. Um, they, they, live, they live specifically in the islands of Komodo and they're very, very uh, effective um, apex predators on those islands because there's nothing else there to to predate on mammals. So basically, the dragons rule the roost. And mm. it was taught, if you look at like old documentaries in the 70s, Attenborough or whatever, they would have said that the Komo- these Komodo dragons will bite a buffalo or goat or whatever mm-hmm. they're... Like nip it on the, on the back leg or something. Yep. Yeah, and the bacteria in the dragon's mouth mm. will infect the wound and then the dragon can kind of follow the, the prey item around at its leisure and wait for it to get sick from the infection and die. Mm. But scientists recently uh, performed uh, autopsies on captive, um, dead captive 
Komodo dragons. Obviously, they were passed away. And what they noticed is mm-hmm. in the lower jawbone, there are glands. And inside those glands, there are toxins produced. So wow. the theory is that it's a very rudimentary system of envenomation. It, 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 that's what's going on in the, in the dragon's mouth. So basically, when the dragon clamps down on the back leg of the buffalo, there's tiny ridges in its teeth. And the toxins that are in the lower jawbone get squeezed up through its gums into the teeth and then into the buffalo. Okay. That's the hotly debated topic. Is that happening? Is it not happening? And there's lots of to and fro. I'd like to think it is. I think the evidence pointing towards that happening is quite strong. Um, I think it's, it'd be very interesting um, to say and very cool to say that Komodo dragons are the, are the world's um, biggest venomous creature. And, you know, I, I unlike the rest of the creatures on our list from earlier on, you would definitely would want to avoid them regardless of them being venomous or toxic or not. So, yeah. A really interesting and cool point and one worth watching if you're anyway interested in the scientific process and how this debate is going to go back and forth and and see how it see how it gets resolved in the end so there you go that's my list of oddly toxic creatures well collie lot there to think about and I have newfound respect for so many other animals and it's right about now that we are going to introduce a new segment that we're going to have hopefully on every episode and the new segment is it's crazy critter news and being the beautiful baritone singer that I am <laughs> we've we've we'll have a jingle of sorts hit it <laughs> it's crazy critter news Crazy Critter News You'll think you're on the booze With this Crazy Critter News <laughs> Okay, so that was our brilliant jingle <laughs> What's today's Crazy Critter News? <laughs> today's Crazy Critter News Is a very odd and funny story That happened during the summer People might have heard about it But they might not I, Definitely if you're into herpetology You would have heard about it So there's a 62 year old snake In a zoo In the States And it's in a zoo in St. Louis and she's been on her own for at least 20 years. She hasn't had any company. So uh, she's been quite uh, living quite the spinster's life. But during the summer, she laid a batch of eggs and no one knew wow. how she could have done it. So she's either done it by one of two means. She's either re- reproduced asexually by basically cloning herself, uh-huh. which is a possibility some reptiles can do that. Or she's done a thing called sperm retention, which means that she mated 20 odd, 15 odd, 20 odd years ago when she last had another snake in in with her Mm -hmm. and retained the sperm until later on in life. Um, Which is very funny because I I was kind of picturing somebody getting laid in their 40s and then getting a phone call from their doctor at 62 explaining why they were getting sick. But... (laughs) It's it's a very funny one if you put it into like anthropomorphic terms, yeah, very funny. That's incredible. Yeah, that's so, amazing. So it is. It's a kind of an interesting one, and they will be able to tell when if the babies hatch out or are, are born. They'll be able to tell by basically looking at the DNA of the of the the babies whether she reproduced asexually or whether she was mated. So 
really interesting one to to, to follow and, and fair play to her. She's a, a grand old girl popping out babies at 62. <laughs> Not a bother. I hope she has the energy because I certainly <laughs> wouldn't. I don't have it now. Jesus Christ. Yeah, well, that, fortunately for her, she doesn't have to do much parenting. That's that's the one good thing about being a snake. <laughs> so there you go. That's that's our crazy critter news. And yeah, and if anyone has any tips or, or see something interesting, do feel free to send them in to us because, yeah, we can share it with, share it with the world. Please do. Absolutely. All our details are in the show notes. Great stuff, Collie. That was brilliant. That was so much fun. So there you go. We are back. We're back. We're back. Back with a bang. <laughs> Back with a bang. The Critter Shed is a member of The Warren, the home of great Irish podcasts. For more, including my podcast, How to Be Sound, see thewarren.ie. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.